Good morning, everyone. Hope that you guys all uh, got through this week relatively uh, safe and hopefully not as chaotic as, uh, as the start of the week. Um, the market chaos obviously has continued across asset classes. Uh, we're seeing incredible levels of volatility, and um, you know we're likely to see about two million or more unemployment claims this week alone. So lots of investors are freaking out. They're losing control of their emotional discipline. Um, and you can see confusion, fear, panic, and uncertainty in different sectors and strategies. Uh, it seems like every day some new billionaire is calling into CNBC with a hot take on how bad the economic situation is, what industries need to be bailed out, or what monetary stimulus option they support. Um, you know, it makes for entertaining television, but it doesn't really do a lot to help the average investor navigate these chaotic times. So in this letter, I've tried to put together my thoughts on a few assets uh, and how they're likely to perform over the next 18 to 24 months. Um, you know, I caveat this entire thing with making accurate predictions is nearly impossible. Uh, so that's not really my intention here. Instead, my goal is just to document my thought process at this point in time. Um, you know, I'm hoping it'll serve as a data point in the future to look back on. Uh, and then hopefully it can inform a few people as to how I'm thinking about it today. Uh, before we jump into it, though, obviously, uh, I'm not giving investment advice. Do your own research. Never invest more than you're willing to lose. And frankly, try not to be an idiot. So in order to share kind of what I think is going to happen, we got to start with where we are today. So currently equities, uh, S&P 500, Dow Jones, Industrial Average, uh, Emerging Market Stock Index, uh, they're all down about 30% uh, over the last month. So from all-time highs, uh, they've kind of creeped down at the beginning of the, um, of the year, and then we see uh, they're down about 30% in the last 30 days. Oil uh, is currently sitting down about 60%. Uh, it rallied about 25% yesterday, uh, and so we're sitting around $25 a barrel of oil, uh, currently down 60% in the last month. Uh, the price of gold uh, is currently down about 12% from the local high of approximately $1,700, so sitting right around $1,500. And then Bitcoin is down approximately 40% uh, from around $10,000 to approximately $6,000 currently. And so I'm intentionally leaving out the bond market from this analysis. Uh, I may cover that in a different letter, but uh, I just don't have the time um, to kind of research it and produce, you know, what I would, would consider valuable analysis for today's letter. So I, I'll just call that out immediately that bonds are not included in here. And I'm going to stick to equities, oil, gold, and Bitcoin. Um, and so we've seen large drawdowns in these asset prices. So kind of where do we go from here? Uh, the answer is simple. Uh, whether it's right now, a couple of months from now, uh, or, or you know, even a quarter or two away, at some point, almost every asset price is going to rise substantially in the next 18 to 24 months. Uh, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize this. In fact, uh, as long as you believe the United States will not fail and certain assets won't go to zero, then these dips in price are actually attractive opportunities to increase your returns, uh, although you're buying the same assets as you would have been buying you know, a month or two ago. And so the question then becomes, well, which assets will actually perform the best and the worst? Um, so that's what I've tried to do is break that down here. Um, and it's really important to understand that these asset prices are dropping rapidly because the U.S. dollar is strengthening. So any liquidity crisis presents a desire for investors to gain access to dollars. Uh, and they basically sell any asset they have that has a liquid market attached to it so that they can get that liquidity. Uh, and over time, the dollar has to be weakened in order for the markets to stabilize and eventually recover. Uh, and that's going to be done by flooding the market with liquidity. Right. So they're going to flood the market with dollars, uh, which will devalue uh, the U.S. dollar. Um, and so let's look, kind of dig into what that means for various assets. Uh, started with equities. Uh, I've given this an 8 out of 10 rating uh, for uh, the next 24 months. Um, essentially, most stocks are sold off as part of the larger trend, uh, that liquidity crisis, S&P, DGIA, uh, emerging markets all down 30%. 
Um, but there are certain sectors that are getting hit harder uh, due to the coronavirus. So hotels, airlines, hospitality, food services, et cetera. Uh, most of these industries, individual stocks are seeing drawdowns that range from 50%, like a Marriott Hotels, all the way to 75 plus percent, uh, something like the United Airlines, et cetera. And so the big question on these corona-impacted sectors, what I call CIS, uh, is whether A, they can survive multiple months of near complete loss of revenue, B, will, uh, will they actually have to declare bankruptcy, and C, will the government step in to have uh, with assistance to bail out the industry. So I separate the U.S. public equity market into CIS, corona-impacted sector, and non-CIS, because the non-CIS equities are likely to make a faster recovery during the next 24 months. Uh, I don't think we'll see a full recovery back to February 2020 highs uh, in that time period. Um, that type of recovery would likely take kind of three to five year timeline. Uh, but this does mean that investors are likely looking at 20 to 30% returns over the next two years in public equities if prices don't go lower. If they do extend lower in these non-CIS stocks uh, before the recovery starts, you could be looking at 40 to 70% returns over the next 24 months uh, in those non-CIS stocks. Um, and, and so kind of if we sit here today, 20, 30% uh, over the next couple of years, um, and then if it draws down, you know, kind of 40 to 50% peak to trough, then you're looking at something that's closer to that 40 to 70% over the next 24 months. So that's all the non-corona impacted sectors. Now, the corona impacted sectors, the CIS uh, stocks is a different story. The big risk here is that these companies could go bankrupt because most of their revenue has evaporated, right? Uh, I don't actually believe that will happen. But that is a risk here. Um, and so kind of when you buy equity, you're taking the risk um, that, that that bears. Now, instead, what I think is more likely is we're going to see significant consolidation in sectors uh, overlaid with government assistance to prevent the destruction of the entire industries. And so if that's accurate, the best returns are actually likely to come from the stocks that have drawn down the farthest, right, um, as long as they don't go to zero. So due to this, most of the hotels, airlines, food sectors, et cetera, look incredibly cheap right now, right, kind of the return of value investing. And so it wouldn't be surprising to see multiple airline or hotel stocks two to three X over the next two years. Um, I used the example of uh, United Airlines. Uh, it's fallen from an 80 to $85 stock price earlier this year to almost $20. Uh, the company did $6.5 billion in EBITDA during 2019, but today the stock is trading at a market cap of $5.7 billion. So $6.5 billion EBITDA, $5.7 billion market cap today. It's such a ridiculous drop in value that you almost can't believe it's real, right? 75% drop. And so again, as long as you believe the US airline industry is not going to zero and United Airlines is not going to zero, there's great investment opportunities available through the corona impacted sector stocks. Um, I personally don't own any stocks uh, except for GBTC in a retirement account. But if you can control your emotions and view the recent price drawdown as an opportunity, there's a lot to get excited about in public equities right now. So uh, if prices draw down even further, the eight out of 10 rating, I'd move that up to nine out of 10, um, but, but quite attractive there. Uh, again, um, it really is just how much farther is it gonna draw down? Uh, but historically, this looks pretty positive. Uh, oil is the next um, asset here. I've given it a five out of 10. Uh, frankly, it's the scariest market for me. Uh, oil is one of the most essential commodities in the world. Uh, there's an increasing amount of complexity surrounding what will happen over the next 24 months, though, in my opinion. So Russia's recent actions have not only plunged the price of oil, but also put most of the American shale oil industry uh, in a position where they must operate at a loss or shut down. 
And so the United States is talking a big game, this big press conference yesterday, uh, which the market responded to positively. Uh, oil jumped about 25% a barrel, um, up to 25 bucks, but it remains to be seen how effective any of the proposed measures would be over the long term. So in addition to the geopolitical complexity, there's also going to be this continued pressure from the electric vehicle industry and others uh, to move off our dependency on oil. I don't believe that's going to have a significant impact in the next two years, uh, especially given the recent economic shock, but it remains a larger threat over the long term. Um, and so one way to think about oil's future performance is that it's unlikely to continue trading at a price below where American share oil uh, American shale oil companies can be profitable. This would mean that the upside here seems to be oil rising to at least around $35 uh, seems to be kind of the floor um, for the, a lot of those companies, uh, if not closer to $45 to $50. So with that said, um, there's still kind of upside, but there's just too much uncertainty and geopolitical risk for it to be attractive to me personally, coming out of an economic shock where there's opportunities everywhere. Right. Um, so, yes, there's upside, but a lot of other factors uh, just make it something that um, you know, isn't quite as attractive. So five out of 10 rating gold, um, as I previously mentioned, uh, the U.S. dollar continues to strengthen both against traditional assets, but also against other currencies. Uh, the U.S. government's going to have to flood the market with dollars in order to weaken the currency. So any inflation hedge assets should do relatively well during the next 24 months. Uh, gold is one of the top two assets in this category on inflation hedges. Uh, investors aren't stupid. They understand that quantitative easing is merely the devaluation of their cash. As they seek out those inflation hedge assets, gold should benefit. Uh, but my personal concern is that gold's upside is not nearly as attractive as other opportunities in the market. Um, gold has fallen uh, from approximately $1,700 to just under $1,500. Uh, and this store of value asset has gained investors trust over the years because it's relatively stable over time. Right, that, that stability um, is part of the, uh, the the really important piece of gold in investors' portfolio. Uh, but that lack of volatility is great during bad times, but it's actually a negative during good times. Right, if you want to drive outsized returns, you need high levels of volatility. So I could see gold outperforming current expectations and easily eclipsing two thousand uh, dollars. I don't think we'll see it move over twenty five hundred dollars in the next twenty four months, though. So kind of two thousand to twenty five hundred dollars somewhere in that range. Uh, but this means an investor would be looking at a 35 to 65% return over the next 24 months. Normally, that would be something that investors would salivate over uh, kind of in normal times, but this will likely be underperformance compared to other assets during the same time period upcoming. Uh, so gold just lacks the volatility needed to be overly attractive uh, in this market environment, given what the other opportunities that are being presented. Uh, so I gave it a three out of 10 rating. And then that leaves me with Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin's outlook, similar to gold with a few key differences. Uh, as the dollar gets devalued, investors will seek inflation hedge assets. Bitcoin and gold are going to be the two beneficiaries of this. One key difference is that Bitcoin has much greater levels of volatility than gold, though. Uh, while I believe gold has 35 to 65% upside, I've got relatively high confidence that Bitcoin will more than 3x at a minimum. This would bring it back to an all-time high or a new all-time high above $20,000 uh, a Bitcoin. That volatility that Bitcoin presents is normally looked at as a negative by the mainstream media and some investors. I believe it's a feature, not a bug. Uh, Bitcoin possesses all the same inflation hedge qualities that gold has, including a more accurate understanding of the asset scarcity. It also brings with it much more potential upside, given how early the asset is in the life cycle uh, and how relatively small the current investor base is. As we see high levels of quantitative easing, I think it's going to take about $5 trillion or more. Uh, we're going to see an influx of investors seeking out Bitcoin for protection. Uh, in just the last 36 hours, Bitcoin's up more than 20% as monetary stimulus proposals are floating around. This type of hypervolatility will continue while still presenting all the protections of gold's inflation hedge. And so the second key difference 
uh, with Bitcoin, it's not just volatility, but also we're less than 60 days away from a significant supply shock as well. So the Bitcoin halving will programmatically cut the daily incoming supply of Bitcoin from 1800 to 900. Uh, a good way to think about this is that when everyone ran to gold in 2009 through 2011, it would be similar to having 50% of the gold miners shutting down operations at that exact moment. So a scarce asset becoming even scarcer. Uh, that's about that's what is about to happen in, uh, to Bitcoin, in my opinion, um, with um, kind of that supply shock um, and going from 1800 Bitcoin a day to 900. Quantitative easing is going to push people into Bitcoin. And in May 2020, the incoming supply will get drastically cut. You have a positive demand shock happening at almost the exact same, same time. You have a negative supply shock. Uh, I think it's going to be rocket fuel for Bitcoin. Um, and my price targets over the next two years are $20,000 on the low end and $100,000 on the high end. Represents a 3x to 15x type opportunity in a short period of time while still protecting your wealth from the inflationary response from the government. I uh, gave it an 11 out of 10 rating, um, which is obviously the highest tier. And so in conclusion, the recent market turmoil, uh, turmoil has presented an incredible investment opportunity for investors that have cash available and are able to remain emotionally disciplined. The price drops in traditional assets have meant that any long-term investor is likely to make money by simply buying the discounted assets and waiting for prices to recover. It's not rocket science. You just have to believe that the United States won't fail and that the assets you are buying won't go to zero. This leads me to the most important conclusion of the work though. Bitcoin will provide the greatest outperformance of any asset class over the next 24 months as we survive and come out of this financial crisis. Other assets will do very well too, but Bitcoin is uniquely positioned for an incredible risk reward trade-off that is rarely seen. Bitcoin was born in the last financial crisis and it will dominate as we come out of this financial crisis. When this is all said and done, people will look back and say Bitcoin was born in the global financial crisis and it took the world stage in the corona financial crisis. In closing, many of you have been asking what I'm doing with my personal portfolio, right? As I always say, don't listen to what they say, watch what they do with their money. My portfolio con currently consists of cash, Bitcoin, and a small selection of illiquid investments, real estate, and startups. I have tactically increased my portfolio allocation to Bitcoin based on the recent opportunities presented while keeping enough cash to comfortably survive a two-year recession with no income. My level of conviction in what is about to happen all-time high. Um, I understand that there are a number of things that could change that analysis, both internally and externally to Bitcoin. But as long as those are avoided, I plan to stay the course and watch this unfold. Please don't take anything that I've written or said here as financial advice, nor don't look at these as predictions for what is to come. This is just my personal opinion as of today, and you should do your own research, never invest more than you're willing to lose, and consult a financial professional if you need advice. So stay safe out there, my friends. Be kind to your fellow humans. There's a lot of people hurting, and just stay alert to uh, kind of all the chaos that's going on, and then we will talk again on Monday.